0: Becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Anytime I buy something that comes with instructions, I I have this moment of tension. Am I gonna bother trying to follow the instructions or am I just gonna take my chances and, and wing it on my own? I mean, one of the reasons I struggle even with trying to follow instructions is that usually at the beginning there's all of these cautions. All of these warnings, and there's so many that if I start reading through them, I'm wondering, did I really want to buy this thing in the first place? So some of the warnings, these are actual warnings. Let's go back to the first one. So thanks to Reader's Digest for these. A wheelbarrow actually came with this warning not intended for highway use. Okay, there's a special model that you need to get for, for highway use. Apparently, hair dryer do not use while sleeping. Not sure. I mean, if anybody knows how to use their hair dryer while sleeping, maybe you can clue me on that. I don't really have much need for that at this point anyway. But uh, and then uh, do not iron while wearing shirts. If you've ever tried that, you know, yeah, not 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 a good idea. So there's this recurring question that, that surfaces for us in our lives. Like, when do I do what I think is the right thing to do? And then when do I listen to someone else? This question comes up in my relationship with God frequently. Scripture is full of instructions. There's a lot of directives in here from God. And I have to wrestle sometimes with whether I'm going to obey them or not. Frankly, I find some of them very difficult. So one of them that I find difficult is I'm told to um, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I'm someone who likes to speak. I mean, I kind of think while I'm speaking. I think by speaking. And so it's hard for me, especially sometimes in emotional, tense moments. Like, I just really think the other person would benefit if I would just speak quickly and let them know what I'm thinking. Obviously, they need to understand what it is that I'm thinking. But, But Scripture tells me, slow to speak. Quick to listen. And in those moments and in many, many other moments... I have to make the decision, am I going to follow God's instruction or am I going to take a chance and do it my way? And what happens when I do it my way is what happens a lot of times when I don't follow the instructions of whatever it is that I bought and I end up doing something wrong or putting something together the wrong way and have to undo it, redo it because it's backwards in some way. This morning as we think about our relationship with God, we're gonna, we're gonna look at a truth that makes answering that question a whole lot easier. Should I listen to what he has to say or should I do it on my own? We're gonna have some help with that this morning. So if you would take a Bible and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we're going to put some of these scriptures up on the screen. But uh, if you have an app on your phone, even the Bible app, that's a free one that you can download. Um, you could look it up in there and follow along. Um, if you are new with us this morning, just super glad that you have joined us and are glad that you're sharing, you're sharing your, your Easter with us. We are starting this new series, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, and today we're talking about I'm Yours. So to do that, we're going to look at these two verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. To be in relationship with Christ means you are not your own. And you are not on your own. We're going to talk about both of those things this morning. There, there is a, a responsibility in that and there is a relief in that. There's a responsibility in that you are not your own. And so you are not the final authority over your life, your, your body. You, we, we are accountable to the God who, who made us and who redeemed us. There's also a relief in that realization and that is that When God purchases us, we're no longer primarily responsible to take care of ourselves. God takes that responsibility. He comes to live in us so that we don't face life on our own. First, let's talk about the responsibility that we have. So the second half of verse 19 says, You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This idea that you're not your own, that that we belong to God, this flies in the face of what our culture tells us, which is that my body is my own, and I'll do with it as I please. Thank you very much. I'll I'll eat what I want. I will do what I want. I'll go where I want. Um, I want to say something that that may take just a moment to, to sink in for you. Everything that you do with your body is spiritual. Everything that you and I do with our bodies is spiritual. Our our Western mindset um, we, likes to segment us, likes to compartmentalize our lives, and so we we think like you know if if we have a problem with our body we go to one doctor. If we have a problem with anxiety with our emotions we go to a different doctor. If we have what we perceive to be a spiritual problem, we, we go to church. And I'm not saying you should stop doing any of those things, but I'm saying that the the biblical mindset, the Hebrew mindset, and, and God's mindset is that we are integrated. All of those things tie together. So what that means is that you and I don't just come to church on a Sunday to kind of get a spiritual fix, and then we leave and, and go into life on Monday And then do whatever we want. They are all, all of the parts of our lives are inextricably bound together. And and we see that because we were bought, verse 20, you were bought with a price. So you're you're not your own. You were bought with a price. What price? Well, the the price is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in, in his body wasn't just a spiritual sacrifice it was a sacrifice of his body on on the cross we we remembered that sacrifice on friday evening if you were were not with us here in the room or or watching online then you you may want to go back and watch that i've heard from a lot of people and even for me personally it was a very meaningful time of just reflecting on it, it was not it's not a fun time it's not an entertaining time to think about the, the pain that Christ went through. But it's a it's a meaningful time to recognize the extent of love to which Christ, Christ has for us and the extent to which he was willing to go to sacrifice and to purchase us. So you can go back and watch that. It's available on on YouTube. There is a song of praise to Christ for his sacrifice recorded in the book of Revelation. Worthy are you... For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. He ransomed people. What, what that word ransomed means is that he bought our freedom from captivity. So the captivity that you and I experience to, to things in our lives that we cannot control, compulsions that we have addictions that we have, anger that we can't bring under control, lust that we have that we cannot seem to to put away. All of those are ultimately a slavery to self. We We are captive to ourselves, and Jesus came to set us free to ourselves. It is slavery to self to say that my body is mine to do with as I want. I know it sounds like freedom, it somehow feels like freedom, but it's actually a slavery to ourselves because the darkest parts of ourselves we cannot overcome on our own and we need the work of Christ in us to set us free. It is slavery to self to say, I'm going to do what I want to do over and against what God tells me to do. The Bible has a term for that, it is sin. And Romans 6 tells us that the wages of sin is death. What we earn, the penalty that we earn for choosing our way, for choosing to ignore God's instructions and to do life our way, the penalty for that is death. That's why Jesus took that penalty for you and me, praise his name, that he was willing to go and make that sacrifice. So we were bought with a price. And so we say, God, I'm yours. Signed, sealed, delivered. We'll talk about those three in weeks to come. But God, I'm yours. You've bought me. You've purchased me. I belong. My body belongs to you. When we are handling something valuable that belongs to someone else, we, we treat it carefully. We, we, we have the responsibility to treat it carefully so so last saturday had the opportunity to borrow something valuable a uh, a nice red corvette so i wanted to to reenact our engagement day so 25 years ago, Sherry and I got engaged and I borrowed a Corvette that day. We put the top down. We drove around. Then we were down in Texas and we drove around and we went out to dinner and we did picnic and, and all this kind of stuff. And so we're, we're celebrating this milestone anniversary this year. And I said, it'd be cool to, to recreate and relive our engagement day. So last Saturday, um, I, I, someone here from the congregation had offered to me, if, I, if we ever wanted to borrow his Corvette, that, that it was available. So I called him up uh, the week before, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Could could we borrow the Corvette? And so he graciously allowed us to, to borrow this car. So I'm, I, we, we had a lot of fun in it, but I have to say I was a little bit on edge the whole time because I'm thinking, I mean, this— car costs like, I don't know how many times, what my cars cost, and so I'm like, you know, I'm just a little nervous, like I really want to bring this back in perfect condition, don't want to have scratches on it and dings on it, we got off to a rough start, because I was backing it out of his driveway, and uh, it doesn't have a backup camera on it, which I've gotten very used to, and I have been known to back into things, and so I'm backing out the driveway, and I almost ran over some rocks, and so he's calmly standing, the owner's calmly standing in the driveway, going, Dave, heads up. Just just like that. And he said it again, because I didn't get it the first time. Dave, heads up. And and so I stopped, and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to run over these rocks. And so I'm sure the rest of the afternoon, he's like sitting in his house praying fervently for me and thinking, I hope this comes back in one piece. But I was very much, I was, I was you know, I was very careful, and, and thank the Lord it got back to him. Okay, but I'm a little bit on edge the whole time thinking, this doesn't belong to me. And so I need to take extra good care of it. When I realize that my body does not belong to me, that means I have to take extra good care of it as the owner would have me take care of it. And so I need to glorify God in my body. In, in other words, we, we want to make God look good through, through our body. We want to make a good impression for him. We want to make him look good. That doesn't mean you have to look good or I have to look good. I mean, you know, for some of us, that's, that's you know, we've kind of given up on that. doesn't mean we have to look good. We want to make him look good through what we do. And so we give thought to, what do I eat? How do I act? What do I say? How do I use my tongue? How am I using my body? Everything we do with our body is spiritual. You, you cannot sin and you cannot worship without using your body. I mean, think about that. I mean, even the things that go through your mind, you are using an organ called your brain. Even things that you just visualize in your mind, you're, you're using your body. And so we want to say to God, God, I belong to you. My body is yours. What would you have me do with this body? We are called to a different standard than the world around us. And so we see earlier in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 6... We see a list of things that we are to avoid doing with our body. In verse 9, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. When Jesus ransomed us, he washed us clean. He sanctified us and set us apart. He justified us. He washed, uh, he wiped our record clean. And so we're going to talk more about each of those things in in the week to come. But the bottom line is what we see in First in Corinthians 6. Verse 20, you were bought with a price. The, the the New Testament for Everyone translation says, you were quite an expensive purchase. So glorify God in your body. Okay, that's the responsibility. Let's talk now about the relief. So you are not your own. That's the responsibility part. And you are not on your own. That's the relief So verse 19 tells us that God comes to live inside of us. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? We are not alone to face life by ourselves. You you are not alone to face the, the challenges of your life. We have God living inside of us. God doesn't just ransom us, set us free from our slavery, and then say, Good luck. I, I hope you have a good life. We'll see you in heaven. He lives inside of us. He gives us his guidance and his wisdom. So so the Corvette that I borrowed was not ultimately my responsibility. I mean, when, when I called my friend to to borrow it, he went out in the garage to check it, discovered that the inspection had run out. And so he had to take it to get it inspected, found out then that one of the tires, the steel was coming through the the tires. He he doesn't apparently drive it very much. I could help him with that. But he uh, he had to have the tires all replaced. So all of that was he took care of that. That was his responsibility. And he was kind enough to loan it to me. It's like our bodies are loaned to us to use. But the ultimate responsibility takes a load off of us to realize I'm not on my own. And I don't have to provide for all of my needs. I have a provider. I have a father in heaven who has that responsibility. When when he bought me, when he bought my freedom, God, I became his responsibility. And he called me into his family. Peter describes it this way. He says, if you call on him as father... Who judges impartially according to each one's deeds. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold. But with the precious blood of Christ. There's the price that he paid. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Did you catch that word ransomed again? Ransomed. We were bought. We were purchased. And we were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from our forefathers. You and I have all inherited sin patterns, tendencies that we have from our ancestors. If not your immediate parents, then the parents before them, all the way back to our first parents who, who chose instead of following God's directions to do things their their own way. We have all inherited tendencies in that direction that we cannot overcome on our own, but we have been ransomed, ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from our forefathers. So if you struggle with temper and you're like, yeah, that just runs in my family, anxiety, some other kind of of compulsion. There's good news for you. You don't have to be stuck in that. You don't have to be trapped in that. I can certainly identify, I can look back on my family and I can see, yeah, there's some tendencies that I picked up from them. It's most natural to repeat what we watched growing up. And so there are some things where I think, man, I just fall into this and it's really hard to break out of that. But Jesus ransomed us from those feudal ways. We're not trapped. That's the part of the relief that we experience, knowing that we are not on our own. One of my favorite examples of, of getting relief from our past is, is a young man who shared his testimony a couple of years ago when he was baptized, a young man named Nick here, who, who was enslaved to substance abuse and to, to the point where, I mean, all, what, what he wanted most in life was just to kind of have a normal life, to be able to get married, to have a family. And he just could not break free from this. To the point where he almost lost his life in an overdose. And then he met Jesus. And Jesus turned his life around. And now for over nine years, he has been clean, walking with Jesus. Not easy, um, but growing in, in Christ. And that, that is possible for him. That kind of transformation, whatever you're dealing with, it may not be substance abuse, but whatever you have come up against, that you have not been able to overcome your, yourself. It is possible for you to be ransomed from that futile way of life because you're not your own and because you're not on your own. It is possible because of the resurrection power of Christ that is available to be at work in us. Jesus paid the ransom for us by giving his life. But as we're celebrating this morning, he did not stay dead. And he is alive today. When Mary went to that tomb, that first Sunday morning, she, she expected that first Easter morning, she expected to find the body of Jesus, but she didn't find it there. Not because it was stolen, not because he had been resuscitated somehow and got out of the grave on, on his own because he never really died. She, she found him because God brought life back to him. We, we believe from scripture and from history, That Jesus' resurrection was not some kind of spiritual resurrection. It's not some kind of metaphor that we celebrate in the spring of the year when things have died over the winter and then they come back to life. It's not, it's not metaphorical. It is a real bodily resurrection. If you, if you wrestle with that, and, and I understand if you wrestle with that because it's not happened with anybody else. It's only happened with with Christ, and so if you say, "Wow, this is just a little much for me to wrap my head around," I would commend to you this this little book called The Case for Easter, and we have some copies of this available out at our Welcome Center on your way, on your way out. Um, it uh, this was written by a journalist named Lee Strobel, and and uh, the back of the book says this: focusing his award-winning skills as a legal journalist on history's most compelling enigma. Lee Strobel retraces the startling findings that led him from atheism to belief. He actually set out in his investigation to try to disprove Christianity and ended up coming up against so much evidence that he said, I, I, ha- I have no other choice but to believe. So if you struggle with that, I would encourage you to, to pick up one of those books this morning on your way out. Jesus, Jesus died in his body. He was raised in his body so that he could ransom our bodies so that we would have hope that our bodies will be raised again as well. This is the hope that we have for, for our future. Death is not the end. It was not the end for Christ. It is not the end for, for us. I know many of you have lost loved ones. We're or, or just amazed over the last couple of years. I know last year we had over 30 people uh, lose loved ones close to them. And so I, I know there's a grief that goes with that. But I, I was talking with uh, one of those folks who lost his his mom at the end of last year, like just before Christmas. And he s- said, I was asking him, how, how are you doing? How are you processing all of this? And he said, well, I, I certainly miss my mom. But the reality is that this is what she lived for. What she lived for was to be with Jesus. And now she gets to be with him. And I know I'm going to see her again. There's going to be a reunion. We have that hope because Christ was raised from the dead for us. And the hope of Easter is you're not your own. And you're not on your own. God ransoms us from our past, brings us into a new family. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about three ways that God seals the deal of, of bringing us into his family. How we are signed, we are sealed, and we are delivered and so, if you if you struggle with maybe you have been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you struggle with like I I don't know I just I'm still so imperfect. Which join the club. So I'm still not perfect yet. And what if I do something so bad that I, I get thrown out of the family? What if God is just unhappy with me? We're going to talk for the next three weeks about how much God has done to bring us into His family, and because He's the one that did it, you and I can't undo it. So we're going to celebrate that uh, for the rest of this month and that security. If, if you're here this morning and all of what we're talking about here is is new to you and you're thinking, yeah, but and you got a lot of questions, then, then we have a perfect opportunity for you to explore those questions. And it is a group that is going to start up on April 22nd, Thursday evening called Living Grace, The Basics. And it's going to be a small group setting where you get a chance just to, to study these things, these basic things that we're talking about, relationship with Jesus, and to ask questions about it and to wrestle with someone who can help you wrestle through those questions. So if you would like more information about that, please let us know. Please let us know at the Welcome Center. Um, shoot me an email. We'll, we'll get you signed up and get you connected to that group. I, I realized this morning that some of you... Are, are listening to this and you're, you're not ready to follow God's instructions. You still want to just keep trying to do life on your own. So if that's your choice, I, I respect that. And I, I hope that maybe today planted a seed for you that maybe you'll grow, maybe you'll come back and, and think about it later. But there, there's others of you who may be listening this morning and you're thinking, I'm, I'm ready to stop trying to do life on my own. I'm ready to stop trying to make life work because I have, I've blown it so many times. I, I'm, I'm, I want to be part of God's family. And so, so maybe today is your day to recognize Jesus bought you with a price. There's nothing you contribute to that other than to receive the, the gift of his ransom. And so we, we come to him and we say, God, I'm, I'm yours. What do you want me to do with this body? I mean, that's, that's the responsibility that we have. Daryl's gonna come and he's gonna lead us in a, in a reprise of, of the song that we sang to begin, that he is Lord. We're, what we're really talking about is inviting him to be Lord of our body. And so those of us who are, and, and, and if you're, if you're new here this morning, you should know that um, it's not just new people who, who struggle with making the choice to obey what God asks us to do. We all struggle with that at some level. And so really we have the opportunity to come to Jesus and say, um, God, I'm yours. This body belongs to you. What I, I want to honor you with my body. I want to honor you with my tongue. Get get specific about that. What what is the part of your body that trips you up? God, I I I want to honor you with my tongue. I want to honor you with my hands. I want to honor you with my eyes. I want to honor you with my brain. That that's the responsibility he calls us to when we know that we are not our own. And then the relief that comes to us is I'm not I'm not on my own anymore. I don't have to try to make life work. I have a father in heaven who has committed himself to taking care of me, providing for me, getting the inspections done, getting the tires replaced. He's committed to taking care of those needs as I entrust myself into his hands. And so this morning, let's let's just close with with singing this song. Close the message here with with just singing this song together. But let's let's sing it this way. And and maybe some of you want to Make this a prayer from, from your heart. Jesus, you're, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. You have, I believe you have risen from the dead, and you're my Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that you are Lord. Let's sing together.